Mario Andretti was born in Italy and didn't emigrate to the United States until the age of 15. At age 19, he began racing stock cars in Pennsylvania, and that was the start of an illustrious career that saw him compete and win in every single discipline he entered. He won races in sports cars, sprint cars, and stock cars on ovals, road courses, drag strips, on dirt, and on pavement. He won at virtually every single level of racing since he arrived in America from his native Italy at a very young age of 15. Now his achievements, legendary, what can I tell you? The world watched as he won the Daytona 500, the Indianapolis 500, and ultimately the Formula One World Championship. No other race car driver has ever won all three titles. Now, Mario took the checkered flag, listen to this, 111 times during his career. A career that stretched five decades and across six continents. G-O-A-T right there, greatest of all time. All right, today he's a successful businessman off the track, serving as a spokesman, associate, and friend to top executives around the world. Now, check this out. He has received hundreds of awards and recognitions. Amongst the most prestigious, he was named Driver of the Century. He was knighted by his native Italy, and the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. added him to its Living Legends list. Wow, that's amazing. Now, he's been on GQ magazine. He's been uh, considered one of the 25 coolest athletes of all time. I mean, look, the bottom line is that Mario Andretti is an unbelievable individual. Um, speaking to him was just incredible. I learned so much and I believe that you're going to have a great um, learning lesson in the entire podcast here. So I want you to uh, listen to it intently multiple times uh, and take down some incredible lessons. This man is so humble, direct, so well spoken, but the most important thing is that he speaks from the heart. All right, without further ado, Mario Andretti. Mario Andretti, what a pleasure to have you on, man, and honor. Welcome to the Man of War podcast. Now, first and foremost, what I want to do here is this. You've, I've been a big fan for, for a lot of years, okay? And you're one of those guys that... Uh, has transcended um, the typical athlete type. You have done things that you uh, basically in uh, the world of racing, you are the one and only, you are the goat. Um, and you have done things that have been incredible. So what I want to do here first and foremost is you introduce yourself a little bit about, you know, where you were born and then we go from there in your life and how it took you into racing. We'd love to know about all that. Well, obviously, uh, Mario Andretti, um, I was born in 1940, February 28th, 1940. And um, it was in what is now what Croatia now uh, was occupied by uh, Yugoslavia, that the peninsula of Istria where I was born, occupied by Yugoslavia in 1947. And uh, under hardline communism, uh, it was a choice to uh, remain and succumb to communism or or just leave, and we were we became uh, refugees in our own country for seven and a half years uh, in Tuscany, and um, about three hundred fifty thousand people in that area left to remain uh, Italian citizens. Um, anyway, um, in nineteen fifty five, uh, it was an opportunity to. Uh, immigrate to the States. Uh, we had an uncle on my mother's side that uh, had made a suggestion and, uh, and my dad figured, well, uh, let's go to America for five years and then, uh, <laughs> then come back. Um, and the rest is history. You know, we arrived in, uh, on these shores in uh, 
June of 1955. Um, two years later, my twin brother and I started building a race car to race locally. Two years after that, at age 19, we both started racing and uh, that's when my career, my career began, 1959. Wow, uh, incredible. And, uh, my last professional race was in 2000. I did 24 hours of Le Mans. All right, so before we go into these races, because this is fascinating for me, I mean, what got you into racing? Was it something that you, you know, you were younger and you were into cars and things like that? You know, um, Rafa, I, I still haven't figured out why um, the sport captured my imagination. Um, I'd say, I'll say Aldo and I were twins, and uh, we both had uh, basically were attracted to the same thing. And uh, and you know, way back, even while living in Montana, you know, at uh, when we were five, six years of age. Um, we gravitated to, to something like this. We had a, a neighbor build a little buggy. So we used to career down the hill in front of the house and scare all the little old ladies and all that. And I don't know why we were just um, sort of breakneck already at the time. And, uh, and the family didn't even have a car. <laughs> you know, so, um, but uh, later on, you know, while we were in a refugee camp, obviously, uh, we were following the sport, you know, through the media. And uh, a lot of it actually was interesting that um, uh, we used to go to the movies and they used to have intermission in the movies to just let the smoke out. And in between, they used to have news around the world. And uh, what was really um, dominating uh, that part was uh, motor racing because of... Uh, in the 50s, that's when Formula One became um, official and uh, you had Ferrari, Maserati, Alfa Romeo involved, uh, you know, all of these Italian, um, uh, Italian teams. And, uh, and so uh, that's it, you know, that's what attracted uh, us to, uh, to the state of the sport. And um, in 1954, uh, somebody's some of our buddies across the street from the camp uh, took us to took Aldo and I to Monza to uh, to witness the Italian Grand Prix, and that's when we saw. Um, I mean, uh, I saw firsthand my uh, idol Alberto Scotti, who was current world champion for Ferrari, and and the mold was cast at that point. It seemed like um, from there on, there was no plan B, but we had no idea, <laughs> you know, where. <laughs> how we you know we could ever get involved in this but the dream began and a strong one at that of becoming race drivers um uh -huh. i don't remember anything else in my life early on to want to be anything but that and um and that's it i mean uh, uh we pursued that immediately uh when we had the first opportunity once we came to america and um uh, and that's it. It's been, um, you know, we've had always had the most ambitious goals to go after. Uh, I mean, as a kid, you're allowed to dream, aren't you? So, oh, of course, we big. Now, you through your career, you were named three times. I have here 1967, 1978, and 1984 as the driver of the year for the United States. Um, was this? Do you consider the late 60s and early 70s or mid 70s, the, the pinnacle of your career? Give me at the time frame where you felt that you were at your best. Well, it's hard to determine that, quite honestly. I mean, there are so many factors involved. Um, uh -huh. uh, the teams, uh, the moment, um, the competition. Um, I, I feel that um, um, my career progressed uh, to the point of... Uh, uh, let's put it this way, um, you know, you, it's, it's like going to school, you know, uh, uh, you, you don't want to repeat the same year. And so when I was progressing through the ranks, um, any time that I felt that, uh, you know, I was winning, uh, you know, I was, uh, had my arms around what I was doing, it was time to, to go on and to progress 
uh, and mm. and try to reach for the top. And once you reach uh, the top level of the sport, like you know, in here in the United States, for me it was uh, Indy cars. Uh, then I felt now that's what I need to cultivate and uh, continue to cultivate, and so on and so forth. And uh, like I said, but um, you know, there were just moments in my career that uh, were pivotal. And, and it, I don't know how to describe it even, but uh, I always look back at what if this wouldn't have happened? What if that wouldn't have happened? You know, uh, I look back and sometimes it's, it's just, um, uh, because of the times, uh, I, I benefited sometime uh, through somebody else's uh, bad luck, you know, such as uh, injuries or, or, uh, or even worse, you know, by being able to, to pick up a ride. I'll give you, for instance, uh, I was pretty much, I felt ready to, um, uh, to, to go to the top ranks. And, uh, and, you know, I just, there were some people that were looking at me, but then all of a sudden there was a tragic uh, incident, you know, one of the drivers, uh, you know, were career ending situation, boom, all of a sudden I get a test, you know, and then, uh, and that was the opportunity of a lifetime for me, you know, to, to, um, uh, to just uh, be able to, to join one of the top three teams uh, in IndyCars at the time, you know, so, you know, sure. in moments like that, um, there were others, you know, along the way, even when I was coming through the ranks, you know, um, 1963, when I won three feature races in one day, it was never done before that level and, and things like that. So, um, again, uh, these are launching pads, if you will. And, but you have to be there so ready, uh, to pick up whatever opportunity comes along, you know, you gotta be able to leap into it. And, um, and so, uh, I've had some of those moments as I said, I was blessed with that, obviously. Um, and then you got to take full advantage of whatever is uh, presented to you. So this is where I want to pick your mind here. I want to go into your preparation for a race. Okay. Because being a race car driver, no matter, you know, what type of race, you are you're part of it takes balls of steel i mean to be i mean it is a it is a tough tough um sport so my question to you is how did you prepare yourself mentally to get in you know behind the wheel of this vehicle and go out there and win uh and win not just once or twice we're talking 111 times this is a a consistency of excellence that you built into your psyche, into your spirit. So I want to dive into that. Well, uh, you know, here again, uh, number one, um, it's important when you're driven by passion, passion and love. Uh, something, you know, you just look forward to just getting in that race car, getting, having that opportunity. And, and this is something that uh, I was driv fiercely driven, you know, in that respect. And, um, and as far as, uh, yeah, you say, you know, there's a danger element. Yeah, of course, there's a danger element. That's obviously, that's part of the allure, in, even to some degree. Um, but um, that's not what you dwell on. And uh, you do not dwell on that part. Um, your, uh, your mindset uh, is just has to be remain positive, like, um, whether realistically, you know, you feel you're competitive that particular day or not, you always go in, to me anyway, I always went into every single race of my career thinking that I can win it, whether it was a realistic thought or not. Because other, if you think otherwise, uh, if you think, oh, well, you know what, I think uh, I'm going to have a tough time today, well, you're beat. You're, you're beat before you even uh, sit, in, sit in that car. So it's uh, the mindset, uh, always so important, paramount to be positive. And, um, you know, I, I never even uh, look back at, uh, um, you know, many people say, well, do you, you, what's your favorite track? They said, draw my favorite tracks. 
because uh, if you say, well, you know, what I'm getting into tomorrow, it's not really the best place for me. But again, again, and you're done, you're beat before sure. you get there. So it's all about, you know, staying positive. And, um, and to be honest with you, um, sooner or later, you know, you cannot predict, you know, many of the things that uh, could happen along the way, because uh, you only have control of so much. I mean, um, it's equipment factor, it's somebody else's potential mistakes, uh, so many other things. So you just go in there with the fight in you, you know, to just, uh, you know, what your job is to, you know, what, what, what your job at hand is. And, um, and you just fight and fight and fight. Um, sure. And, you know, uh, to be honest with you, sooner or later, you get your reward. Um, and that's the way it's been in, in, in my career. Um, I, uh, like I said, uh, I was always curious, you know, our sport um, uh, is rich of uh, uh, several disciplines at the top level. Uh-huh. And, um, and as a driver, you have a choice to specialize perhaps in just one of them. And it's potentially even easier to do that. Well, I was personally, I was never satisfied with that. Uh, I was curious as to what was happening on the other side with a different race car, different environments and so forth. And, uh, sure. and that's why I moved around quite a bit. I, I derived so much satisfaction personally um, out of uh, just moving on to another discipline and not only race there, you know, obviously I have that opportunity, but also try to win in somebody uh-huh. else's, win at the game in somebody else's sandbox. That's the way I can put right. it. Right, yeah. Uh, I and uh, and that, that's been my mantra, really. I, I, uh, um, I, when I look back as to, uh, you know, did I have to race? Uh, as many races as I have in my career, um, no. But uh, to me, it, uh, some of what really helped me uh, satisfy, you know, my, you know, my needs was a wonderful, wonderful wife that I had. That uh, she was not an, uh, a race fan by any means, um, and, but she understood you know, what drove me and uh, never, ever, ever once did she make me feel guilty for being so selfish. You know, she never say, you know, how about a picnic this weekend? You know, you wow. don't really, wow. um, okay. whatever you're, you know, you're racing in, you know, and no, I used to say, I, I'm not, you know, I don't have in my main, um, and, you know, the main commitment, you know, okay, I don't have a race, but I'm going to race somewhere else. Yeah. That. So, That's... Um, and, and that was so extremely helpful to me uh, to do that. And I only later on in life did I recognize how important that was for me to have uh, the strength of a woman like that. And, um, and one that really understood, um, you know, what, uh, what made me tick and so forth. Uh, so uh, there's so many factors in life that um, that make the difference, all the difference in the world as far as uh, uh, you just continue to go on and be serene about um, about your job. Mario, that's a, first of all, that's very powerful. Um, thank you for sharing that. The reality here is this. I mean, you're telling me that your, your wife was not a – you know, she wasn't a fan of the sport, but she supported you. You know, that's that's big. And the fact that she let you grow and, and you know, be who you wanted to be. And, and um, you know, that that's extremely powerful. And uh, I think uh, in life, sometimes, you know, you're 100 percent with that. You know, when you go out there and you have such a good woman uh, supporting you, it could make the difference in a big war in a big, big way. So I, I admire that very much. Um, you won Daytona 500, Indianapolis 500, and Formula One World Championship. All right, that's a big deal. I want to talk about specifically here about the Daytona. What the differences really were between each race: the Daytona 500, the Indianapolis 500, and then the Formula One. Each race, 
I got to believe in your mind was a little bit different. Did you prepare yourself differently for each race? Or when you just sat behind the wheel, you were like, all right, I'm all in, let's go. Well, you know, you prepare. Obviously, uh, the preparation is, is very important from the standpoint of, uh, of trying to understand um, the, the uh, criteria uh, and of uh, every race car, uh, the dynamics uh, of, uh, of that are very important, how to go about things, each, each type of these, each one of these uh, type of race cars, like a stock car versus a single seater. I mean, like day and night, as far as um, the feel for them, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the level of, uh, of uh, what was you say, to, to, to reach um, um, the potential, you know, of uh, the limit, I should say, of that particular car uh, coming in, specializing in single seaters, uh, which is the purest form of our sport, getting to a stock car, you know, you have a tendency to reach the limit of the car so quickly and overdrive it. So all of these things, obviously, you have to pay attention to and, and, and try to be mindful of and, and all of that. And, uh, but that's part of the challenge. You know, that's how, that's part of the uh, preparing properly. And, um, um, you try to ask as many questions, even though people, you know, not always uh, are honest with you because competition is such that not everybody, you know, will be coming forth and uh, be, For sure. hard to be that helpful, you know, but uh, you have to read between the lines and then, uh, and for the rest of it, you rely on your own, you know, right. ability to, to feel these things. And, uh, but, um, you know, uh, when you go, when you move around at the top level, uh, like I say, you go from an Indy car to a, a stock car uh, or a sports prototype uh, or even on the dirt tracks and so forth. Uh, you know, um, uh, each one teaches you something. I think that's beneficial along the way. I've learned that mm -hmm. as well. But at the same time, uh, it, uh, it, it presents uh, a challenge every time. A pure, I mean, uh, no question of a big challenge to be able to uh, understand and overcome and, and try to, to be as efficient as the individuals around you that do this every day. Um, and so that's where the satisfaction comes in. I mean, it's uh, uh, for me to win Daytona, you know, which uh, obviously it's a, it's a crown jewel uh, race of NASCAR um, would be the same as uh, one of uh, their top drivers coming to Indianapolis and winning Indianapolis over us, you know, the, uh, so as you can imagine, it was, um, it was not that well received, you know, at right, the moment, right. you know, but, uh, um, for me, um, it, and it was not just a lucky break, you know, I, I led 118 of 200 laps, you know, and, uh, and wow. so I was a protagonist right from the beginning. Uh, I had the car, I had the right team, and then it takes that as well, by the way, you know, you can't sure. do it alone. That's one thing that uh, um, I was very fortunate, um, just like uh, whenever I had the first taste of Formula One, you know, who gave me the bis the, the, the opportunity it was Colin Chapman, you know, Lotus, um, you know, uh, capable of being world champions, uh, Ferrari, and and, you know, you have to be, uh, you have to have the equipment, you have to have the team uh, that's capable uh, to give you the tools to be able to win, but then it's up to you uh, to, to, to pull everything that you can out of that and, and make it happen. So, um, uh, like I said, there's so many elements that, that play here, but uh, uh, at the same time, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of work. But for me, I don't feel I ever worked a day in my life because I just love, 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 you know, what I was doing. I love those opportunities. Amazing. Uh, so, yeah, that's why, you know, I always say I count my blessings every day for all those things that, that happened to me uh, in the sense that uh, I was searching and I was searching and I found. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. That's great stuff right there. Um, let's talk about fear a little bit. Um, 
when you got into these heated races and, you know, you know, you guys are trying to pass each other, a race car driver, I mean, the ability to be able to, in, in, in a, literally in a hair's breath, just be able to, to make a little adjustment on your vehicle so you won't get hit or vice versa and spin around and get into a nasty car accident. You know, talk to me about maybe uh, one incident in particular that you just felt like uh, um, it was a very scary moment for you. Well, yeah, I've had quite a few of those, obviously, as you can imagine. Um, uh, these are the things that um, uh, when, you're in a, when you're in a battle like that, uh, you know, a race in and race out, week in and week out, uh, you got to be facing, you know, some precarious moments. No question, no question about it. Um, I again, um, I, I, I've been like I said, I, I've dodged so many bullets along the way that um, it's just because I, I've just been lucky. Uh, it could have gone either way, you know, where it could have been the end of a lot of things, you know. Uh, but uh, um, I don't know how to really. Uh, put a finger on that as to why, um, you know, somebody upstairs were looking after me, you know, in, in precarious moments. Um, your, had... your awareness level, Mario, it, it has to, I mean, you, you're, I mean, I, I could only imagine you are heightened, you are at a heightened awareness level, you know, making sure that you are, that you know exactly where you are on this track and the vehicles that are right next to you that may be, man, just a few, few inches away. Um, I mean, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the nature of the beast, obviously. And that's really, uh, uh, that's what you love. That's a challenge. I mean, the, the competition to be able to, um, you know, even to trust, um, you know, your competitor next to you where, you know, uh, any slight mistake could be a disaster. Um, this is a matter of uh, respect. It's a matter of a lot of things. It's a matter of studying your competition there's some that you feel, oh, man, you know, I got to watch this dude, you know, and all that. So there's, there's a lot of that. And then it's all part of the game. You know, it's uh, uh, when you're up against, uh, uh, you know, talents from, you know, anywhere around the world, um, you just, uh, it's your job to be able to try to recognize the qualities of the comp the competitor and uh, how, how far you think you can trust. Uh, there are some that you're 100% you feel, okay, uh, you know, we'll take care of each other. It'll be tight, but we'll take care of each other. Others, you figure, look out, you know, just be very careful, you know, and, um, and, and that's all part of the, you know, part of the game. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the thing about, you know, you mentioned fear. Um, I think the word fear I don't know how to quantify that in our business. Uh, uh, I think you should always have some concern for sure uh, of things that you have no control over um, because that's it. I mean, uh, it's, it's for real. But at the same time, if you have fear, fear as we know it, you don't belong in this business. Um, and yeah, it's dangerous to be fearless I think, uh, but at the same time, there's a balance in between there. You don't dwell, you do not dwell on a danger aspect, potential aspect. You just don't dwell on that. Um, you study it, you just say, but, but at the same time, uh, if you dwell on that and you start holding back one or 2%, you know, uh, you, you're not riding at the limit and, and then you're done, you're done. Um, there's got to be a confidence level there somewhere that you have to possess to be able to just stay at that 100% mark. And, uh, and you know, I, uh, I've been, I was asked one time, is uh, described to me qualifying in the race car. And um, I said, the only way I can say it is if everything seems under control, you're just not going fast enough. What does that mean? I love that. Is it, uh, you're at the limit of potential disaster all the time, you know, when you're trying to really, really be the best at something. And um, 
And again, it's convenient to hold back a percentage or two. Uh-huh. But then again, when you if you drive like that, if you uh, if that's your effort, um, you're never going to win. You're never going to win. You're never going to set a record in any of that stuff. Uh, so you know it's uh, it's how you look at things on the personal level. You know, I can only only know what's in my brain. You know, um, I cannot read anybody else's. But uh, at the same time, um, I wouldn't change anything in my in my career. I uh, obviously I would love to take some of it back you know mistakes i've made plenty of those no question about it um you know but at the same time um if i didn't have that that drive um then would i have been able to accomplish you know some of the things that 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 i did um so all of it you know it all it all plays i mean none none of us are ever perfect of course um, like I said, many times I look back and, and I think, man, if I had the luxury of take some of these, you know, a couple of these races back and so forth, I would in the New York minute, you know, but, sure. um, but you can, then again, um, at the same time, do I say, well, uh, should I have changed my style, uh-huh. you know, or not? I say, no, I say, no. Uh, so, um, that's it. I mean, uh, sometimes there's price to pay by being a little bit too, uh, zealous, you know, to, right. uh, um, you know, trying sometime, uh, trying to push a situation, trying to, um, you know, and be somewhat unreasonable, but at the same time, uh, that style overall worked for me. So you were all in basically. You were all in all the time. I mean, basically that that's what it was. Okay. Um, and I love that because there was no hesitation on your part. Uh, there was no, uh, you know, thinking twice about it. Um, that's very powerful without a doubt. And I mean, those are just phenomenal words that you're saying it's in your mind. And when you're there, you're going out there. And if you are not pushing yourself to that 100%, the difference between somebody pushing themselves 98% and 100% is being a world champion, you know, so. There's no question about that. No question about that. Um, like I said, it's uh, everybody wants the same thing. And uh, there's a lot of talent out there, believe me. Um, you know, over the decades, uh, I just, when I look back, I say, oh my goodness, uh, look who I raced against and so on and so forth. And, uh, uh, how fortunate I was. At the same time, uh, you know, the greater the talent that you're up against, um, uh, that's what really helps you elevate your own game as well. Um, because uh, there's always somebody that's better than you, you know, somewhere in, in any situation. And, um, and when you recognize that, all it does is uh, you don't say, oh, well, I'll never beat this so and so on. You know what? I got to I got to out my game somehow. Got to figure sure. out what they do, how they do it. And that's that's an ongoing thing. You know, sure. you, you never, ever. I've never felt that I've uh, arrived that I've uh, uh, OK. I think I know what I need to know. I don't think I need to know anymore. I think I was uh, learning. I'm learning today. You know, it's, uh, you know, when you see this, this car right here that I drive the two seater even, yes. you know, um, you know, you're learning little tricks here and there, even with that, because of, you know, the characteristic of that car and everything else, and uh, to be able to uh, maximize even that part. Um, it's, uh, like I said, you never really, I never, always an open mind is what I'm saying that, uh, you know what? Um, uh, I still have, I'm still learning. I'm still, there's still things out there that uh, um, I need to know and, and uh, keep an open mind about and all that. And, and I think uh, that attitude is, is very important. Awesome. So let's dig in a little bit. You studied your competition. How did you go about studying your competition and getting ready? Well, but being, you know, you, you're observant, you know, you watch, I mean, uh, they're, they're, uh, you've had, um, 
that the experience of uh, farming uh, individuals, certain individuals, you know, that have uh, been better than you, that have uh, beaten you a certain time and certain day and they figure, oh man, uh, you know, how did it do that? And uh, so it's all about, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Um, and uh, did you focus on been... the way that they drive? Did you did you watch film? Did you go to certain races to watch them? Did you have a team go out there and scout or how was it, especially in the early days? Well, it, it, I can't say that, uh, you know, I specifically watched the film or anything because uh, I was always uh, I was out there active, you know, so uh, I, I don't I had a firsthand uh, look, see as to what I had to do or, or trying to attempt to overtake and so forth and and how that individual was able to defend, which is an art in itself without blocking in a stupid way of uh, creating a dangerous situation, there's an art in be able to defend a position and uh, figure, man, you put yourself in that, oh man, how do you do that? And uh, then he said, well, I said, I'm gonna try this and that. So it, it's a constant uh, situation where you, uh, um, you know, you, you, after the race even, you know, you look back and you start reliving you know, some of those moments and so sure. forth. And uh, that that's all that is. I mean, it's not a matter, okay, I'm going to watch this video, you know, until the cows come home and all that. And, and right. I'm going to learn something. It's not that simple. It really isn't. Um, but uh, but it's, it, it's, it's all part of the game, you know, part of the game. It's uh, part of uh, uh, studying, part of trying to, uh, uh, to be able to conquer certain situations that, uh, uh, that it got you baffled to some degree, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and that's it. I mean, uh, the other thing that you you almost start thinking this way too, which obviously gives you some confidence. You know, you you let somebody else put themselves in you know in your position. Like uh, uh, sometimes I'm leading, you know, and I'm really hounded. I mean, uh, pressured in every way, and then I I put myself in that. Uh, competitor's position how tough it is sometimes to be able to try to overtake and then and then it relaxes me in that point and I make I can make things pretty miserable for somebody with just by being more relaxed and not making any mistakes because I'm pressured and all that these are all these are all elements they're very very important uh, you know along the way talk to me about respect all right you said that there's a some guys respected, some other guys didn't. I mean, was there an underlying code when you were racing out there? Oh, there is. Absolutely. You know that, you know, and uh, and when you have high stakes, um, you know, and everybody's, you know, there's a, uh, you, you earn, you, you like to earn the respect of your competitors without showing weakness. Um, and uh, when you look at other competitors, I'm saying, uh, you know what, this dude really, you know, is, is good. They know what they're doing. They, uh, and he's correct and so on and so forth. Uh, um, you know, and not stupid and about things and, uh, and, and all of that. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it's almost an abstract, you know, this, uh, respect thing, but, uh, but uh, you know when when we you know when somebody's doing the right things, uh, and uh, and I feel among competitors, I think the respect is very very important. Uh, it's important because uh, if they know that they can trust you, um, then you know you know that that uh, they they were not going to do anything really stupid, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, that could put you in, in a bad situation willingly, if you know what I mean. Out of all the races that you had, what do you think? I mean, if there's one that you were, that you would kind of put in, in that centerfold of your life, which one would that be? Well, I don't know if I can zero in on something like that. Uh, um, I mean, there have been events where, 
you know, led flag to flag and all that and controlled it. There are others where, uh, uh, take it for instance, uh, and in the Michigan 586, uh, I start some poll and I had an issue with the engine immediately. Uh, I went a lap down and, uh, and right at the beginning and then uh, I'm screaming at my crew chief and so on and so forth. I said, well, we just gave it all up. But he said, no, no, we, he gives me courage and here I go and win the race, make up the lap, and, you know, win the race. So Incredible. it teaches you things, you know, where uh, to stay positive. I said, you know what? Like an idiot, I was almost I was ready to give up, and um, it's my guy that uh, gave me the courage and the confidence. And you know what? We're by no means we're done yet. And here I just put my head down, and I mean I just uh, drove like a man possessed. And uh, before you know, I'm competitive. I'm up front, and uh, and we win the race. So. Uh, a lot of times, you know, events like this teach you something, you know, and. Uh, sure. But I've had a little bit of everything happen to me, but honestly, as you can imagine, um, I think uh, I think I drove in 876 races in my life, and uh, wow! So um, I've had uh, I've experienced just about everything, one time or another. Incredible! Now the feeling of winning must be very powerful, but I want to switch the hat here and talk to me about your losses. Um, if you were to take one race back, which one would that be? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was here again. There were a couple of those uh, that uh, I lost to like the last lap. Uh, you know, this uh, Rick Mears beat me the last lap one time here again in Michigan. Um, and only because I let my car down just a little bit. I was too confident. Oh, I got it. And uh and made the wrong move uh, on the last corner and all that. But uh, uh, all of a sudden, I figured, well, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, there's, uh, wow. you know, along the way, the, you do make some mistakes and let your guard down and uh, too confident, and then uh, you get caught out. But uh, uh, that teaches you something. And uh, so it's, it's, all, it's all part of... Uh, Living a full existence, I guess. How did these uh, losses affect you? I mean, did they, did you, the next race, were you like, all right, put it behind me and just keep on moving? Or did sometimes you get down on yourself? Well, you know, you get down on yourself, of course. You know, I figure, man, I'd love to take that one back. Uh, but at the same time, uh, just move on. You know, it's uh, okay. Um, I think I made a stupid mistake there and then I just got to make sure that I don't do that again type of thing. Now, you move on, you know, you got to keep moving on. Um, I always felt don't dwell on the negative. You know, I just uh, I thought that was a, a big thing for me, you know, to just stay on the positive side. And, uh, you know, you can cry about something that you can't do anything about at the moment and lose yourself uh, and, and something like that. Um, and so again, I just sort of move on. I know, I know that I made a mistake and I just, it's up to me not to repeat that under the same, you know, potentially the same circumstance. That's awesome. So let's go somewhere that it's a little bit more home for you. All right. Your wife. Okay. And her supporting you through this time. Um, especially when you brought home, you know, wins and losses, would you ever get up to a level where you would be celebrating your wins so high and then kind of getting down on your losses as we discussed a little bit here, or were you were a little bit more even keel and, and more importantly, how did she view like those wins? What was it like? No big deal for her. And she was supporting you or was it something that she knew that you had that fire in you and she would celebrate that with you? You know, Rafa, you just touched on something very, very important here. And uh, what really, really, really helped me was how grounded the end was for me. Um, she, there was not a ticker tape parade, you know, when I won and all that. And then, and then just have the chin on your socks, you know, if I didn't have a good day. Uh, uh, Deanne always 
uh, whether I brought a trophy home or not, uh, I got the same welcome, the same embrace, the same kiss. And uh, that was so, so, so important. But that was her character. You know, she, Deanne was a rock, rock of Gibraltar, you know, and, uh, and that's the thing that uh, was so important for me again. Um, and I've seen the opposite on some other wives and so on and so forth. Oh my goodness, you win. Oh, gee, what, well, what are you going to do next week? You know what I mean? So uh, to be even keel, uh, yes, you celebrate. Yes, you do and all that, you know, but, but you don't have to go crazy, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, I don't care how fortunate you are. Your wins are still going to be far and few in between. You know, so, um, uh, and not that you don't appreciate it, not that you don't, but you don't go overboard. And that's something that me without even really realizing how good that was for me, you know. Um, and, and so the, when I reflect and look back at, um, you know, in my private life and, and what this meant, uh, that's, you know, that's when I figure, you know what, what if I didn't have that? Um, you know, maybe I would have been fractured uh, mentally or whatever. Uh, but um, uh, I knew that um, uh, if I didn't bring a trophy home from a, a long trip on the road, um, I would not uh, feel resentment or uh, uh, anything on, on <laughs> my own on the end side or say, oh yeah, what, what, you know, what's happening to you, this and that, none of that. And, uh, and I think, um, I think that was the important part. That's what really, uh, that's what gave me longevity, you know, for one thing. Uh, and, but it, it just takes a team like that, you know, to really, someone that really understands you, understands your character even better than I did understand myself, quite honestly. Those are incredible words, uh, Mario. And uh, yeah, there's no doubt that you can feel the love that uh, you had for your wife and um, and the fact that she loved you no matter what. You would come home and, you know, it was unconditional, it was unconditional. unconditional love. Yeah. So that yeah. I think that was your greatest gift, without a doubt, uh, to help you become the man, uh, the legend uh, that you have become um, through all these years and what you've given to the sport, without a doubt. Uh, talk to me about other mentors that you had in your career, people that you looked up to. You said you had a couple of guys that you looked up to when you started, but men who have had an impact during your time, uh, especially at your pinnacle. Yeah, actually, I think what was really, really important for me is uh, the team that, uh, uh, you know, the, I say individuals, uh, mechanics or or um, uh, team managers that I drove for that um, uh, would recognize, you know, how, um, you know, how charged up I always was and, uh, and, 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 and be concerned about, um, you know, my, me possibly trying to overdo things to get hurt really, really helped me at the beginning was when I uh, joined the top ranks in, in uh, IndyCar was uh, Clint Bronner. He was a uh, uh, very astute uh, crew chief, you know, a lot of experience. And, and uh, his wisdom uh, was, was beyond, you know, what I could have ever hoped for, you know, and how good it was for me because he knew that um, I was always, you know, trying to impress even myself, you know, like I've never felt that I was good enough. And, uh, and he had to, you know, slow me down somewhat. Uh, so I could, uh, he kept saying, you know, what? I don't want to keep sending you a Christmas card, you know, in, in July, you know, knowing that you'll never, you'll never make it to Christmas type of thing, you know, uh, and, and just by relaxing me, by saying, you know what, as fast as you're going to go, it's good enough for us. It was really, really important for me, you know, to, to have that. And, and along the way, I had some, uh, you know, people with wisdom like that. It was another one uh, when I drove sprint cars, you know, very dangerous uh, 
series there in USAC. Uh, uh, Rufus Gray was another one. Uh, you know, along the way, you have individuals like that that um, uh, they didn't slow you down. All they do is made you think a little bit more and uh, and and kept you from overdoing things, which is so easy to do. Like, you know, when you're out there all fired up, you never think you're fast enough. You never think that you're putting enough energy and sometimes you put too much. And, uh, and too much, obviously, um, you know, can be very, very dangerous. Uh, and I was one of those, quite honestly, at the beginning. Uh, and I needed to have individuals like that that read through it. And, um, and I had that. Uh, I had those individuals that actually uh, maybe I could say saved me even. Um, and so, yeah, there's so many of these elements along the way that, uh, that helped me tremendously. Uh, that's uh, incredible. You basically traveled throughout the world and, um, you know, you must have driven, you know, I imagine hundreds and hundreds of different vehicles. What was your favorite car maker to this day? Do you, is there a specific brand that you like? Well, it's not just a brand. It's a type of car. Um, uh -huh. I, uh, if I had, obviously, just to choose uh, one category, it would always be, uh, you know, either IndyCar or a Formula One car because those are the purest form of the sport. It's not a derivative of anything like a, right. say a stock car, you know, it's a derivative of what, you know, you drive on the road. Okay. Right, it's, right. it's turning to a racing machine, but, but it's heavy. It's this and that a sports prototype car. Yeah. Those are neat. Uh, they're really cool looking. They got all the, those qualities, but still they're a derivative of what you potentially uh, would drive on the road. You know, uh, so my, the purest form of the sport is single seaters. Uh, those, you drive those like a laser. They're the fastest, the quickest reacting. And that's where I derive the most satisfaction as a driver. Uh, so that's clear. You know, that was, uh, that was my specialty, no question about it. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the brands and so forth, I mean, I've driven some... You know the iconic brands uh, uh, available. I mean, it's uh, driven Ferrari, driven Porsche, a driven Lola's, a driven Dallara's. You know what I mean? It's uh, uh, I've had those opportunities. You know, and uh, to drive, uh, you know, every specific brand that uh, has made any. You know, uh, obviously that was part of our sport. In uh, you know, in right. a big way one time or another. So um, that's where I, like I said, uh, I feel that I've been so incredibly fortunate uh, to have had a career, a long career like that uh, without any I mean, real interruptions. I mean, as I told you, out of, uh, I think, 876 races, I only missed two races because of injury, which I'm knocking on wood. I mean, can wow. you imagine, you know, how fortunate that is? It's I mean, an incredible career. Fortunately, you know, it's a miraculous almost. Yes. Um, you know, so, um, yeah. Um, Without a doubt, that is a, that is a miraculous career. So tell me what you're doing nowadays. You retired in 2000. Okay. What would you start doing and, and what, because you're in great shape, great spirits. I mean, I love well, to see a man like yourself going out there and, and still doing things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I retired. I mean, I could say, okay, I came out of the cockpit, you know, um, uh, I pushed the envelope as long as I could. I mean, in 2000, I was 60 years old. I came out yeah. of an IndyCar, <laughs> open wheel car at age 54. I won my last race in IndyCar, you know, uh, at age 53. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a while before I think that happens again. I think most drivers, you know, they in the early 40s, you know, they, uh, they, they come out of the cockpit, you know. But uh, nevertheless, I, I love this so much that I just just tried to grab everything I could out of it to the end. And, uh, um, and, you know, out of the cockpit, you know, we're still, we, we have, um, businesses and, uh, that we've cultivated, uh, with the right people and, and uh, use the same 
basic formula that, that we've used, um, you know, during that I've seen, uh, you know, successful race teams as far as uh, uh, surround yourself with the best people uh, possible, you know, that um, uh, have specialized people around you. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's a secret, you know, right. that's what you use, you know, to be successful in business. And we've sure. and that is a lot of satisfaction in that respect. You know, we, uh, uh, we use, like I said, I've used a lot of the same basic way to go about things uh, that um, when it was successful on the other side, successful in whatever endeavor. And, um, and I derive a lot of satisfaction today uh, out of uh, staying very, very uh, uh, active, you know, in the sport itself. Um, I still drive, uh, you know, the two-seater, which actually is it's fun for me because it gives me reason also to, to stay in shape at this stage of my life and all that and, uh, um, and follow, you know, go to races uh, with my son, Michael, has got uh, a myriad of uh, teams all over the world. Nice. Um, and, uh, and so the, the sport is still our lives, still the family life. Sure. For us, and um, and this continuous uh, interest in a lot of things that, that keep us excited, and looking forward to uh, you know every time to to something better, um, and so we're a very close family, uh, both on uh, my brother's side, my sister's side, and uh, and 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 I think that uh, that's a beautiful thing. I think that we have. Uh, uh, we communicate with each other. I can, um, you know, uh, texting, you know, we call the crazy Andretti's, you know, there's everybody's current, you know, what's going on on all fronts. And uh, so again, uh, life is good. Well, you and your wife did a good job raising kids and maintaining that family unity. And that's, you know, you can see it the way you speak with heart, with passion, um, you know, just the fact that you're out there still, you know, being excited every day. And that's such a great message, without a doubt. Uh, you look forward to living and, and that's so important in our day and age. Now you have purpose, you still have meaning, even though you, you know, you jumped out of the cockpit, you know, 22 years ago, you're still out there, um, which is phenomenal. Do you do any speaking engagements or anything like that? Yeah, yes. Yeah, we uh, we're quite active in the area as well. Um, you know, I have a management firm that has been with me for for quite a long time. And uh, this uh, we always have something to do. You know, we have some uh, contracts, you know, like fire with Firestone, Magnaflow and a couple other companies. Right. That, um, and, um, and again, uh, uh, we have opportunity, we pick and choose, uh, you know, some of uh, the commitments and so forth. But uh, uh, I'm always, I'm on the road a lot and, and all of that, and I wouldn't have it any other way, quite honestly. Um, and, and so, um, yeah. Uh, awesome. I think things, things are good here. Awesome, Mario. Listen, it has been an honor. I could sit here for hours and hours having a conversation with you. It has been an honor to have you on. This is definitely one of the more powerful podcasts uh, that I have recorded. Um, so much that you have, you know, so much power and so much meaning in what you say. And the fact that you're a man that has been there and done that, but comes back home and, and, and puts so much credit to his wife and to his family and the support around him. It's humbling. And we need more men like you in our world, without a doubt. Uh, with that said, my friend, uh, again, it was an honor to have you on, and uh, this podcast will be released very, very soon. Um, and we're looking forward to, um, you know, hopefully here building a good friendship and doing some more things in the future. Rafa, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I uh, reading about you, and uh, like I said, I told you, you're my kind of guy. <laughs> thank you, Mario, for being on. What a great conversation with Mario Andretti. This was definitely one of the most powerful episodes that we have ever had. Uh, this man just speaks from the heart and you could feel it. You can see it. So what I want you to do here is this, extract the lessons and start using them into your life. Remember, if you listen or watched a podcast, it's great. But if you're not integrating these principles into your life, 
You're doing yourself a disservice to grow as a warrior-minded man, to step up in the heat of battle. You must be prepared for that. You must be prepared by learning, constantly improving. All right, my brothers, until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.